next few weeks, we're going to look into Abraham and the stories that we've heard of him and how he, he uh, was in his father's shop making idols. And he was called out. God called him out and said, go to this land, this Canaan land, and leave your family and all that behind. So we're going to look at it for ourselves. You know, because I find that a lot of the things I heard when I was a kid, either A, I misremember, or B, I wasn't quite given all the facts. So we're going to look at the life of Abraham. So Genesis 11, verse 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. So Terah, Abram's father, soon to be Abraham, Abram's father has three sons, Nahor, Haran, and Abram. So apparently Haran was the oldest, for he had a son. That son was Lot, but Haran died before his father did. And uh, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldees before they left. So maybe that was the... the pushing point for Terah to leave where his son had died and he's seen all these memories. So Genesis eleven twenty nine. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarah was barren. She had no child. So Abraham and Nahor, the two remaining sons, they took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, now, Sarai is Abraham's sister by his father, but a different mother, therefore a half-sister. And Milcah took the daughter of Haran. Haran, his brother that died, so uh, Nahor took Milcah, the daughter of Haran, to be wife. But Sarai was barren, she had no child. So Abraham and Nahor take wives. Sarah's barren. So this is the family now, okay? So you got Terah. Abram, Nahor, Sarai, Milcah, and then Haran's son, Lot. This is the family now, and they are getting ready to leave uh, to go um, into the land of Canaan. So far, as, as we've seen from this, God hasn't yet spoken to Abram. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. I find that interesting. He died in Haran. His son's name was Haran. Some parallels going on here. Terah takes Abram, Sarah, Nahor, Lot, and Milcah, from Ur of the Chaldees to the land of Canaan. They dwelt there in Haran until Terah, the patriarch, dies. Now that Terah, the patriarch, is dead, Abraham is taken over as the oldest male. Now, in 12, 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, this is fascinating, because until right now, we haven't heard God talk to Abram. 
until right now, Abram was under his father's leadership, and they went to, uh, they left early Chaldees, and were going to the land of Canaan, because that's what the father, Terah, was doing as the patriarch, he made the decisions. Now, he's dead. God calls and says, hey, let's go, I'm going to make it be a great nation. However, what you do not see here, but is elsewhere pinpointed in the Bible, is that Abram's father is an idol worshiper. He's an idolater. He doesn't worship God. Abram, however, did not believe as his father. We know this. Well, okay. We have this in old traditions and old stories that Abram was, his father wasn't according to tradition. I, don't, I, I did not find anything to back this up factually. But according to tradition, Abram's father, Terah, wasn't just an idolater. Abram's father, Terah, was an idol maker. He made the little statues. He made the things that people worship. With his hands, he created the little g-gods that people worship. And again, according to tradition, Abram, Abram questioned his father on why we worship something that we create. Abram was looking for something more, and he found something more. He searched for God, and God found him. Let me rephrase that. God called him, and Abram found God. Because what was he was doing wasn't right. The little statues they were making, they're not worthy to be worshipped. They're created. You don't worship created. You worship the creator. Abram did not believe as his father. Abram must have been searching for God. Abram must have known this was wrong. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that Abram, or that God is talking to Abram, and God is influencing Terah and all this to get his plan going. We don't know that. It doesn't tell us that. But we know Abram was not an idolater. We know this. His father was. We know this. Abram disagreed with his father on that point. How do I know? How do I know that Terah, his father, was an idolater? Well, let's go to Joshua 22, 24. Joshua 24, 2. And Joshua, who knew Moses, who had all the written records from before, Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. This was just before Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So this is Joshua, given the history of, of Israel. He's not going to lie because the Israelites there are going to know the history whether he's telling the truth or not. Abram's father was an idolater. And according to tradition, he was a statue maker, idol maker that people worshipped. Abraham didn't believe that because if we can create it, we can destroy it. How can it be a God? If I can create it, that in a fit of anger, I could destroy it. It cannot be a God. Therefore, it is not worthy of anything other than looking pretty on a mantle 
like any of my other little statuettes up here. I got SpongeBob and a couple others. No different than those things. So just as Gideon was searching for God in a city and in a house of idolatry, for Gideon's father had a grove of idols where they went and worshipped and sacrificed to the false gods. Just as Gideon was searching, so too was Abraham. God was speaking to them in the house of idolaters, and they listened. God can reach anybody. If anybody will listen, he can reach them. Abram knew there was something more than a little statue, a little idol. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. Abram, at the tender age of 75, just a spring chicken, is going on a journey with a nephew and a wife who is 65. At 75, and at 65, Abraham, Abram and Sarah are going to make a great nation out of their seed, except for one little problem, Sarah is barren. They cannot have any children together because she is barren. But they're going to be a great nation. God just promised, I will make of thee a great nation. Now, like Abraham, I would have questioned the whole nation thing at this age, 75. But had we been doing it and been building a nation, I'd have started a lot younger. Way back when I was 20, not when I'm 75. <laughs> and Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plant of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord already spoke to to Abram, as we were told now. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. He said, Abram, I'm going to make thee a great nation. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So he was promised to be a great nation. He said to go down into Canaan to make this great nation. And God comes to him here. God shows up and says, Abram, unto thy seed will I give this land. Israel has just been told this is their homestead. God told Abraham his seed will be here forever. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journey going on still toward the south. So the first appearance to God of Abram, the first of many for Abram was, and this is important, Abram was a friend of God. Notice I said a friend of God, not Abram was the friend of God. Abram was a friend of God. God has many friends. Those who obey God, they're his friends. God has many friends, but only one in the Bible is distinctively called by that title. Just like Enoch, he had something, Enoch had something nobody else had ever done. Enoch was out walking, and the Lord translated him and took him straight to heaven. That's how righteous Enoch was. 
Abram was a good man. He was a friend of God. David, the man after God's own heart. Abram has been called. He has left his family behind, and he has headed south. He's going on a tour through the land that God has promised him. He's headed south. Uh, 12.10. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was very grievous in the land. Just as in the time of Joseph, who's coming up, he hasn't happened yet. There's a famine in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he summoned to Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. She probably batted her eyes and said, Thank you. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. So this is the first of two times that Abram lies about Sarah, his wife. Now we know that Sarah is his half-sister, but she is his wife. The sin was not in saying, she's my sister. The sin is not in saying, she's my wife. The sin is in the intent to deceive. What really intrigues me, though, is that Sarah is 65 years old. 65 years old. And all the men in the world are attracted to her. He has to lie about her being his sister twice because men are interested in her because she's pretty. She must have been extremely attractive. 65, and they're all wanting her for their wife. And it came to pass... That when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, saying, Hey, Pharaoh, she's pretty, go get her. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues. Because of Sarah, Abram's wife. The Lord plagues Pharaoh and his house because of Abram's lie. Abram, a friend of God, but not a perfect man. A friend of God, but still just a man. Abram has lied and brought a household under persecution from God. What's that old saying? Oh, what a tangled web we weave when at first we practice to deceive. Abram lied to protect his own life. Lied to save his own skin. And he is bringing a house under persecution. And Pharaoh called Abram, Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife? Now, therefore, behold thy wife, take her, and go thy way. Abram has ruined his testimony with Pharaoh. Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, his wife, all that he had. Pharaoh touched nothing that Abraham had because there were plagues on his house because of Abram's lie. 
God plagued Pharaoh. And when Pharaoh figures out why, that Sarah is Abraham's wife, not just his sister, and he is being plagued, and please note this, he is being plagued by God for nothing he did wrong. He thought it was Abram's sister. He thought she was available. He did nothing wrong, but he is being plagued because of Abram's sin. So when he does that, he gets perturbed, and he has his, move, his men move Abram and everything he had. He kept nothing. He took nothing from Abram, and he sent him on his way. This is the ignominious beginning of Father Abraham. The man that is responsible for four major religions in the world. Judaism, Islam, the Baha'i faith, and Christianity. Abram is responsible for all of them, and he lies to protect his own skin. The man that is to have a nation made of him and his family, this man lies to Pharaoh. Has Pharaoh's house, him and his house, persecuted by God. Yet when he sees the persecution in the place, he doesn't go speak up. He's still trying to save his own skin. Abram was not always the perfect man. But then again, neither are we, are we? This is why you judge yourself against the cross. You judge yourself against Jesus and his standards, not on the man standing here, not on the men standing here. The man on the cross is the one you judge by, the one your standards are set by. That's who you look up to. We will fall. We will fail. He never does. Jesus never failed me. Now, I, I cannot lie. It does make me feel better about myself when I see these mighty men. David was a murderer, an adulterer. Moses was a murderer. Solomon, many, many wives. Peter, backslider, denier of Christ. Thomas, the doubter. Abram, the liar, does make me feel a little better about myself. But I am not to judge myself against other men. I am to look to myself against his purity, his righteousness. Because if I judge myself against other men, I could judge myself against Ted Bundy right now and know that I'm a much better man, but that doesn't do any good when it comes to heaven, hell, righteousness, and salvation. By, for salvation... He's the only one who can make it happen, and only looking through him will we know we need it. Abram was not always perfect, neither are we. Men will fail and fall, but Jesus will never fail. So this is the beginning of our Abraham series. A man that has been so important in the history of the world, yet also is a great lesson in failing. Failing and falling, but he gets back up. If God can use Abram with all of his mistakes and faults, then how blessed are we with all of our mistakes and faults? Because he can use us too. Father Abraham had many sons. He was made a nation of, and he was given all this because of his obedience. He was a friend of God because of his obedience. He made mistakes. He sinned along the way. So will we. But if we're obedient 
we get back up and we keep on going.